0: Timely Comics was founded way back in 1939. Now, Timely Comics was later changed to Marvel Comics, leading up to the biggest opening weekend at theaters and movie history with The Avengers Endgame. In this same year, an event happened in the NFL that would transform the league into a powerhouse that would ultimately take down Major League Baseball just like The Avengers going after Thanos. And it all started with a game at... Ebbets Field.
1: Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you to come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. Right, Scott.
0: This time as we step up for of DeLorean, The date is October 22nd, 1939, and we're at Brooklyn's Ebbets Field. Ebbets Field, if you do not know, is a legendary place. This was the home of the Brooklyn Dodgers baseball team. At a time when baseball still reigned supreme and football was just borrowing field time, they wanted to be able to play in the same place that, at the time, was America's pastime. Not like today where NFL is king. Back then, they were the little stepchildren and everything like that, and they had to work their way to get to the top. And the subject of this episode was one more building block on the way towards that final chapter of taking down Major League Baseball just like the Avengers did to Thanos. But how about a little side knowledge nugget for you? Nowadays, Ebbets Field... The place where it was, it was torn down, and it is actually an apartment complex. So many of the fans that were able to enjoy baseball games there can live in the apartment complexes. But getting to why Ebbets Field, October twenty second, 1939, why was that even important? Well, this was a game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Brooklyn Dodgers. But it really wasn't that big of a game. It was just a regular old game that, you know, the Eagles would lose 23-14, to as was Pretty common at that time for the Eagles, as we found out in the NFL draft episode, the Eagles were always at the bottom. There was a crowd of 13,050 fans on hand for this historical game. But they weren't the ones that mattered. It wasn't the fans in the stands that made a big difference for this particular game. There were also three future Hall of Famers on the field quarterback Ace Parker and tackle Bruiser Kennard for the Dodgers. I mean, come on, you gotta love that name Bruiser Kennard. But for the Eagles, Bill Hewitt was on the field. So you have these three future Hall of Famers all on the field. But that wasn't what was important. It wasn't because they made these great plays or anything like that. This was a game that was going to mark the dawn of a new era. It was like when Galileo took that telescope and he decided, hmm, I'm going to point that sucker at the heavens and a whole new world is going to open up. Sure, it wasn't like today, where we get to see the NFL, crazy fans all over the place, watching it from across the pond and that kind of thing, but it was the beginning. Galileo, he was the first to see craters on the moon. He discovered sunspots, rings of Saturn, and perhaps his most famous discovery, the moons of Jupiter, which are known as the Galilean moons. So here we are, the game that is so important, the time, was not for the fans in the stands to be able to say that we are significant this time. This is going to be a little bit different, like the game would be akin to the moons of Jupiter. For fans all over the world, well, not quite yet. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, because it wasn't that way yet. But this is still a new discovery, and it is mind-blowing for those fans that were able to experience this event on October 22nd, 1939. Again, a game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Brooklyn Dodgers. But it wasn't the game itself. You see, this game could be considered Jupiter. But NBC, National Broadcasting Company? Now, I'm going to kind of call this the telescope. Because National Broadcasting Company will give the right for Alan Skip Waltz to be Galileo and become the first play-by-play announcer for a televised national football game. So, to give you an idea, though, going back, Skip would recall later in an article about the game as such. It was late in October on a cloudy day, and when the sun crept behind the stadium, there wasn't enough light for the cameras. The picture would get darker and darker, and eventually, it would be completely blank, and we'd revert to a radio broadcast. That gives you an idea that it was not quite the quality that we have today, just like the telescopes are a little bit better than they were back then for Galileo, but it was still a glimpse of the future and something that could be something we could grasp onto to decide and let us know what the direction of the NFL would be, as well as professional sports from henceforth forevermore. And Skip said that there were only eight people needed for this telecast. He didn't have the visual aids, or monitors, or screens, or spotters, or any of those kinds of things and fancy technology that we have nowadays, it was a dude. Well, eight dudes, they said. It was eight dudes, a couple cameras, and they were looking at the field, and they were calling the plays. I mean, compare that to nowadays. There's 150 to 200 people, or even more, especially for the bigger games. They uh, had monitors, cameras, everything else, all sorts of things, and There's a pretty cool link that goes behind the scenes of putting an NFL game on in the show notes for you. But Skip Waltz? No, 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 no. He did not have all these fancy things that we see in this video that shows you how they put on an NFL game today. They used two iconoscope cameras. One in the box seats at the 40-yard line, and the other would be in the stadium's mezzanine section. If you don't know what an iconoscope camera is, you're not alone. I had to look it up. These were invented by Vladimir Zwerkin back in 1923. Now, this guy, he's often referred to as the father of electronic television because he was the first that really developed and got these electronic television cameras working out for you. But if he didn't invent these things, who knows? They might not have ever pursued television as an avenue for you and me to be able to sit here, eat my bag of potato chips. I like to cook a little bit of deep dish pizza, pepperoni, green olives, that's my jam watch the games, and enjoy it on a couch on the Sunday afternoons. But going back, we already talked about the limitations of the camera with skips or count, and here's another thing that he said about the action. I'd sit with my chin on the rail in the mezzanine and the camera was over my shoulder. I did my own spotting and when the play moved up and down the field on punts or kickoffs, I'd point to the cameraman what I'd be talking about. Now I couldn't find any footage of this game, but if you can find one, please leave a comment in the show notes or head to the contact page. Which, by the way, you can get to the show notes through your podcast player or by heading to thefootballhistorydude.com. Also, I ask that you subscribe for free to this show by mashing that little subscribe button in your podcast player of choice. That way you get the freshest, hottest out the press episodes each and every week. And with that being said, I think we should enjoy the technology that we have today. Let's not forget that they didn't have things like this back then. And it was just a normal day, October 22nd, 1939. Until 500-ish, so, you know, kind of roundabouts, lucky families in New York that happened to have television sets were able to watch this experimental game on NBC. The station that they had, the call signs were W2XBS. But many more saw it, and it was a different venue. A perfect venue to be able to unveil this crazy technology, at the time crazy, of what could be the future of watching television, sports, and all that kind of thing. In that crazy venue, this was the World's Fair. Now, it was going down in New York City at the time. There were screens set up at the RCA Pavilion, and it was scheduled as a special event. Think about this. 1939, we got our knickers on or whatever else they wear back then. You just survived the Depression. The Great Depression is over. We're basically through it. And even though we as Americans, well, those of you that are over the pond, sorry about that. Even though we're not in the war, Hitler had invaded Poland just a couple months before this, back on September 1st of 1939. And they decided to start World War II. But here you and I are. We're in this pavilion, the World's Fair in New York City. This is crazy awesome. Especially if we were dealing with all that depression crap going on back a few years ago. And we are awe-inspired, jaw-dropped, can't figure out if we are alive. So I reach over, I grab your ear, and I pinch it because we got to believe this must be a dream. But it is not. I tell you, this is not a dream. We are lucky enough to witness the first ever televised National Football League game together. And maybe we're even seeing this TV thing, you know, this crazy lights and actions and things moving across the screen. It's like actually moving. It's not standing still. And we're able to see this for the first time together, possibly, at the World's Fair in New York City, 1939, October 22nd. Life is good, baby. I mean, I know in a few years it's going to kind of turn the other way, and unfortunately we have to deal with the Second Great War. But let's savor this moment. We're in New York City, and we are watching football. NFL football on TV. Let's go get a piece of pizza or something, because pizza and football, they go together. And this was not the first televised sports event, though. College baseball, there was a game between Columbia and Princeton back in May. But at the first televised sports game, well, sports event, was in 1936. They hosted the Summer Olympics, and they had the first, I'm using quotes here, live televised sports event. But still, in my mind, and in yours, whether you like it or not, this is the moment where professional sports is going to get to the point where it's going to blow up. Because the NFL is going to change the rules forever for sports. Because this is the moment, if you have not fully realized it yet, and we didn't back then, that the NFL will ultimately end up taking over. Because it is the best sports on the planet to be able to watch on TV. And you could take that one to the bank. And the game log, getting to it, it said that it started at 2.30 p.m. And it ran for exactly 2 hours, 33 minutes, and 10 seconds. With no commercials. No commercials. Heavenly bliss. We just sit there and we watch the game. We don't... we Yeah, sure, we got to deal with them in between plays, but that's the beauty of it. Such great excitement. Stop for a little bit, get your chill back, and then just go again. No dealing with million five Budweiser commercials and all that kind of thing, but I digress. They got to get some money somehow, and they got to get blown up to where they are in the stratosphere nowadays. But like Skip said, it started to get too dark for the television, so they had to switch it over to the radio broadcast didn't have quite the technology to be able to handle that kind of thing, but still, I'm just just sitting here going, What a day, what a day. And although it didn't happen overnight becoming a juggernaut on TV, because TV sets didn't really take off until really after World War II more. We had to we had to force our efforts, we had to be able to focus on making, you know, things that would support the war more so than making televisions for Americans at home front to be able to enjoy. However, Americans now, <laughs> they're on their way to start a whole new journey. Televised, professional, football. One of the greatest things ever. And some things that also pushed the NFL on television forward. Let's go ahead and talk about the first nationally televised game. The greatest game ever played. The Heidi Bowl. The birth of the Super Bowl. And Monday Night Football. Well, I'm not going to. Go into length about all these games right now because each one of them can have their own episode dedicated to them in the future. But the greatest game, that's that one that we listened to Mr. Chris Berman talk about back there in the Hall of Fame time, and he felt like this as many others did. The game that blew the NFL up on TV forever. The 1958 championship game between the Baltimore Coats and the New York Jets. It was the first playoff sudden death game, and boy did that make people crazy for the league. The other one, crazy for the league in a different way. This was the Heidi Bowl game. This was an infamous game between the Jets and the Raiders back in nineteen sixty eight. So this game's going back and forth and such, and you know they're just like any kind of sport. You got a crazy amount of points flying, especially for the AFC teams, well the AFL teams, the AFC well, you know what I mean. The Jets, they were up thirty two to twenty nine. There was really not a whole lot of time left, so well, producers We have this regularly scheduled show of Heidi coming on, so let's go ahead and put that sucker on after the commercial. Jets are going to win, right? Yeah. Well, they were wrong, because the Raiders only took 23 seconds to come back and score a touchdown and win. Man, I'm telling you what, those people could have been so peeved off, I bet riots could have consued, and I don't know. We'll have to go ahead and check that out in a future episode, see what really happened that time. And that's definitely one of those things where if you, remembered it if you watched it live yours truly does not and he was not around for that but if you saw it and you dealt with the whole getting knocked off the game and not being able to watch it i'd like you to send that in to me and i'd like to listen to it and we can maybe play it on the show down the road but uh let's carry on we all know the super bowl biggest event every year and monday night football is gonna add a whole brand new wrinkle hey we got another night to watch some football here and yours truly i'm more of a sunday night fan that's my favorite game of the week And although the NFL was not as popular nor lucrative back in 1939, TV and revenue, well, that's just a synergistic relationship for the NFL and the reason why it has become the juggernaut in American sports as it is today. Roger Goodell, your commissioner, he has given the goal of $25 billion in revenue per year by 2027. And I think they can get there. Because it just has that trajectory growth. And of course, there's a lot of things that are happening nowadays that have been given fans and other people kind of worries about if they're going to get there. But I think they have the shot. And I'm one of those guys that's going to keep giving them money, I'm going to keep watching the games, I'm going to keep buying stuff, I'm going to play fantasy football. I'm going to do all those kinds of things. So I'm contributing to the machine that is the NFL. But with that being said, The NFL is a revenue-generating juggernaut and is easily the king of revenue for professional sports in America. The biggest contributor is media, and this game back on October 22, 1939 sure did start it off right. To give you an example, though, of one of the deals, this is how much money is generated through television contracts. Let's go back to last year when Fox signed a deal to broadcast Thursday night football games. The deal was for over $3 billion for the next five years. This means that for every Thursday night game, Fox is paying a total of $60 million. This week's football moment comes from a faithful Tennessee Titans fan. His moment is not a favorite of his, but it tells a tale of how the NFL needs to be careful. When TV took over, Burt Bell put some things in place to make sure attendance would not suffer. Now there are other things taking the attention of people that could spell some doom for the league if it isn't careful. And this is a glimpse of that. Take it away, Jeremy.
1: As as many of you know, I'm a huge Titans fan. I enjoy watching the Titans following them. I followed them ever since they came here when they were the Tennessee Oilers. And it's just neat to have a team close by. But as a preacher, I don't get to go to very many games. Sundays seem to be busy for some reason. But every now and then I get a ticket or I get offered a ticket and I leave right after services and drive the hour up to Nashville to go see a game. So one day I got a ticket to see the Texans play. And as, uh, as a Titans fan, you always want to see the local team, you know your AFC South team, defeat another AFC South team. I've seen the Jaguars several times, I've seen the Colts several times, but I've never seen the Texans at all. So I took the tickets and took my son with me and we drove up to Nashville. We got up, we got there late, of course, and we walked up to the seat, sat down and started watching the game. And I was watching the Titans drive and start to to take the game over. And I looked over my son was staring off into the clouds. And I said, are you bored? He said, daddy, can I watch your phone? Can I watch YouTube on your phone? We drove all this way, bought drinks, bought food. And all he wanted to do was watch YouTube on my phone. And they say football is family.
0: I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Football History Dude and were able to gain some knowledge nuggets about that fateful day when Alan Skip Waltz called the plays in the first ever televised NFL game. If you would like to share your favorite football moment with the listeners of this show, head over to myfootballmoment.com. Now in the next episode, we're going to stick around the same era and with one of these teams that were involved here to learn about the time when the Eagles and the Steelers combined forces to create what was known as The Steagles. But for now, dudes, I'm through if you're through.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads.